You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. All right, welcome to the Course Report Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. It's August, and I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And each month, we look at everything going on in the world of coding bootcamps. And just a reminder that if you go to coursereport.com slash resources, once this is live, we publish a list of every article, story, and announcement that we talk about in this podcast. So y'all, what are the big trends in bootcamp news for August? So this month, the biggest news is Equip. That's the Department of Education's pilot program to provide federal financial aid to people attending non-traditional education institutes, such as coding boot camps. They finally announced the $17 million grant winners. The other big topic right now is outcomes. We've been talking to a number of boot camps about how they calculate their job placement stats, and media seems to be finally interested as well. Plus, we also have some news about gender inequality in tech, acquisitions and investments, and we want to talk about a couple articles about paying for a boot camp. But first, let's have a quick roundup of general news coverage about coding boot camps. So usnews.com published a piece about how to choose an online coding boot camp and talked to a student and quoted our own Liz from Course Before <laughs> Go Liz about things to consider. Reporter Jordan Freeman also compares online boot camps versus in-person boot camps. His advice is that online boot camps are often cheaper and more flexible than in-person ones. So if you need to keep your job, online could be a good choice. Another interesting piece this month was about an initiative to teach prison inmates how to code. Caroline Halter of Crosscut.com covered the story about Unloop, which is a nonprofit in Washington. Unloop's goal is to help reduce recidivism in prison and get the tech industry to reward merit above all else, including a person's history and background. That story is similar to another prison inmates training program, Teach, in Clallam Bay, Washington, and the initiative to teach San Quentin State prison inmates to code, which started a couple of years ago. Right, I think some of those San Quentin inmates have actually started working as programmers now. That curriculum was developed by Hack Reactor. And I actually just spoke to another reporter who's writing about this trend. It's interesting because boot camps aren't explicitly like putting out this call for ex-offenders. However, they are generally open to folks with non-traditional backgrounds. So we're talking about college dropouts, ex-military, career changers, etc. And they're looking for people who are motivated to change their lives, which definitely lends itself to ex offenders so pretty cool that's super cool yeah and we always love it when coding boot camps are mentioned in the new york times yay (laughs) this month times reporter kirk johnson wrote an article looking at the fear millennials have for the future and why tech and coding boot camps could be their answer to peace of mind kirk talks to a number of graduates from ada developers academy in seattle an all women's coding boot camp Many of the students have student debt from liberal arts degrees and were looking for a way to secure their futures. One student, Gillian Beauchart, found that after uncertainty in her previous career in musical theatre, she now feels like with the coding bootcamp education, she is in control of her future. That's a really great story, Imogen. And speaking of taking control of your future, more refugees can now learn to code in Germany with another coding school opening for newly arrived refugees. Forbes reporter Devin Thorpe covered this story about Redai, 
School of Digital Integration, started by a young female entrepreneur who has partnered with local companies to raise money for the school. This is a trend right now with other refugee-oriented boot camps opening in Iraq and Jordan. And a quick update on 42, which is the free coding bootcamp in Silicon Valley. Culture website Ars Technica actually visited the campus and spoke to students who seem to really be enjoying the piscine, which is that four-week intensive admissions challenge. But the reporter, Cyrus Farivar, noted that 81% of the students were men and suggested that the school should do more outreach to women. Agree. Yeah, come on, ladies. This is a free boot camp. <laughs> um, so another trend we've seen this month is big organizations kind of validating or endorsing the use of boot camps. The Social Security Administration announced they are planning to hire a number of new employees and put them through intensive 90-day coding boot camps. That article was on Federal News Radio, but they didn't actually mention which coding boot camps they were going to be using. Another one is General Electric CEO Jeff Immelt announced in August that all new hires to GE will learn to code. Do you guys think this means that knowing how to code is kind of trending towards a more necessary skill for people? Absolutely. Yeah, that GE initiative is actually part of Equip, I think, which we are going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, on a related note, coding bootcamp grads are very much in demand right now. A Wall Street Journal article published this month looked at how tech companies are increasingly confident in hiring coding bootcamp grads into junior development roles. Reporter Josh Mitchell gives Flatiron School as an example, highlighting employers like Google, Ticketmaster, and Kickstarter who have all hired coding bootcamp grads. Yes, employer confidence is huge. Thanks so much for sharing that, Lauren. But there is, as always, some debate about the job placement outcome statistics that we're seeing from coding boot camps. So this month, reporter Kathleen Pender did some digging into outcomes claims for the San Francisco Chronicle. And as this was the SF Chronicle, she's mostly concerned with San Francisco boot camps. So she focused on the 13 schools there. And of those, she found that only five, Dev Bootcamp, General Assembly, Sabio, Galvanize and Hackbrite Academy were on file with the BPPE. Um, we are still not exactly sure what the BPPE does in terms of enforcing outcome standards, but still important to note. And then Kathleen investigates the regulation of these boot camps and looks at how individual schools like Hack Reactor calculates their numbers. Really, Hack Reactor is the only one with an audited jobs report in San Francisco, at least, and says in 2015, 469 students graduated, but 95 were exempt from their job placement stats for reasons such as not being eligible to work, not looking for a job, being employed by Hack Reactor, or starting their own company. And here at Course Report, we have started digging even deeper into some of these outcome stats. Um, in the past few weeks, Liz has interviewed staff from Hack Reactor, Turing, and Thinkful about their outcomes methodologies and why they feel the need to publish outcomes. So have a read of those, get your head around the different ways schools calculate their stats and see if you can work out which boot camp is going to be best for you. Yes, definitely check that out. So we're always interested to hear about acquisitions and investments in the coding boot camp world. And this month, there were a couple of very interesting stories. First up, General Assembly announced that they have acquired Canadian coding bootcamp Bitmaker Labs, and the number of GA campuses is now set to expand by 60%. This story was covered by VentureBeat journalist Paul Sawyers, who noted that GA will not be rebranding the Bitmaker campuses. This expansion is despite an announcement in late July that GA was laying off 7% of its global staff, which amounted to about 50 people. 
Yeah, that was a very interesting announcement. Love that one. And on the investment side of things, Galvanize, which is a coding and data science bootcamp, they're based out of Denver. They announced in August that they had raised $45 million in a Series B funding. Wow. <laughs> yeah, pretty insane. That follows an $18 million Series A round in 2014. And EdSurge covered this story. They noted that Galvanize now has nine campuses around the U.S. and its employer partners include Amazon, IBM, and Tesla. They're looking more and more like a general assembly every day, in my opinion. Yeah, that's crazy. They're doing so well. Um, and since we are all women here on this podcast, a topic we are always excited to cover is women in tech. This month, Joe Whitwell of The Telegraph explored the reasons behind the gender imbalance in the tech industry in Britain, where only 27% of workers are women. He looks at the problem of of women feeling like outsiders and why girls aren't taking STEM subjects in high school. Joe then gives an example of women who have been through coding boot camps and how these boot camps are starting to actually help close the gender imbalance in tech. Yeah, Imogen, imposter syndrome affects all new developers, but there's no doubt that women are disproportionately impacted. But all women boot camps like Hackbride Academy and Grace Hopper are really contributing to closing that gap. There was a great article about Grace Hopper Academy and PC Mag this month. Reporter William Fenton looked at how the coding bootcamp is aiming to help close the gender gap in tech and highlights Grace Hopper's deferred tuition model. That deferred tuition model is super cool because it means that people who would otherwise not be able to go to a boot camp because it's like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars up front can actually afford it. And that's been a topic of debate this month. So we read a TechCrunch article called Are Coding Bootcamps Only for the Rich? And that was by TechCrunch contributor Proceed Pothic. He actually also works at Block. He's the director of marketing there. Um, and he looks at whether coding bootcamps are only accessible to the rich because of that really high price point. And because there are months of unemployment during the program, he posits that more part-time boot camps would cater better to low-income students and that the Department of Education's equip program and financial aid will help a lot. And that makes a lot of sense coming from a part-time online boot camp. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of equip, we've had some major announcements about equip in August. And just a reminder, EQUIP stands for Educational Quality Through Innovation Partnerships. And it's the Department of Education's new pilot program to allow students to access federal student aid for non-traditional training providers, including coding boot camps. Exactly. Thanks so much for that, Lauren. So on August 16th, the Department of Education announced up to $17 million in loans or grants for students to study with these providers. Eight entities were selected, including four coding boot camps. Those are Flatiron School, Maker Square, Epicodus, and Zip Code Wilmington. Wall Street Journal reporter Josh Mitchell reported that with Equip, the DOE is aiming to help low-income Americans learn practical skills where colleges fall short, such as coding and operating manufacturing software. Up to 1,500 students will benefit from the program this coming year by enrolling in traditional colleges, but completing their training with the named providers. Right. So those four coding boot camps we mentioned have each partnered up with a different college as part of Equip, and each of those partnerships will also be overseen by a third-party quality assurance entity, and those are being called QAEs. So this is pretty big news, so we're actually going to dive into these and talk about those four boot camp partnerships. 
So first we've got Flatiron School. They've partnered with SUNY Empire State College to create an accelerated certificate program for which students can actually apply for Title IV financial aid. And that partnership will be overseen by the American National Standards Institute, which is a quality assurance company. Okay, right. And another of those equipped boot camps is Make a Square Coding Boot Camp in Austin, which has teamed up with UT Austin. Ralph Horwitz of Statesman writes that students will register through UT's extended campus unit for a 13-week boot camp, which will, which will have curriculum and instruction provided by Makersquare, and students will receive a university certificate for completing the course. This partnership will be overseen by two quality assurance entities, Entangled Solutions and Moody Family Glietti and Andronico LLP. And then the Zip Code Wilmington Coding Bootcamp in Delaware is partnering with Wilmington University. Technically, Delaware reporter Raina Feyes writes that students who complete Zip Code's bootcamp through this program will also earn college credits, which they can put towards a qualification. The quality assurance bodies for this partnership are Hacker Rank and Code to Work. And the fourth coding bootcamp in the Equipped program is Epicodus in Portland, which will partner with Merrillhurst University to offer a 27-week certificate program in web and mobile development. Portland Business Journal reporter Malia Spencer writes that students will have access to financial aid for the program and earn transferable college credits. This program and partnership will be monitored by coding bootcamp loan provider Climb Credit. Very interesting, but not everyone is a fan of Equip. Um, as you just heard, each of those partnerships look slightly different. They have different QAEs, quality assurance entities, and I think that just makes some journalists a little bit uneasy. So we read this this month, Washington Post journalist Danielle Douglas-Gabriel looks at the issues seen in the past with for-profit colleges and says that some higher education experts are worrying that the same issues could happen here, despite those quality assurance measures in place. Personally, I think that the DOE is insisting on a lot of oversight here. It's a really small pilot, and there's going to be a lot of oversight to avoid this pilot turning into a saga like that of the for-profit universities, but totally understand where she's coming from. Yeah, in a similar vein, MarketWatch reporter Jillian Berman says experts are worried that this experiment with federal financial aid could attract less reputable organizations to jump on that coding bootcamp bandwagon. New America think tank policy analyst Alexander Holt told MarketWatch, end quote, as much as we agree the current system isn't working well enough, it's not clear that we should be opening federal aid to things that really aren't proven, end quote. But it's important to note that those financial aid dollars will be distributed to students by the established college or university partner rather than through the boot camp. Right. Yeah. And Forbes columnist Preston Cooper also criticizes the initiative. He writes in an opinion piece that, quote, it would ultimately do more harm than good to make coding boot camps eligible for federal student aid. He says integrating boot camps into the established system might just saddle them with all the established system's problems. Preston says that barriers to entry and exit mean established schools face less competition than in a free market, which can lead to deterioration of quality and increase in prices. Preston's advice is for policymakers to leave the coding bootcamp sector alone to develop in its own way and succeed on its own merits. Of all those uh, arguments, I think I agree with Preston Cooper's the most. But that is enough 
equip talk for one day for one month. Um, just to wrap up this discussion about partnerships between colleges and coding boot camps, remember that this is a trend that we saw long before equip. So the street reporter John Sandman spoke to us in August for a story about universities partnering with coding boot camps and about universities actually starting their own coding boot camp type programs. He highlighted Sabio and Antioch University, which is in uh, Southern California. And then in a similar story, Maxine Joe Solo of Business Insider writes that traditional colleges are now rushing to meet the demand for people with coding and data analytics skills. And she gives the example of Level Data Analytics Bootcamp, which was started by Northeastern. Oh, and here's another one. The Coding Dojo and Bellevue College Partnership was just announced in August. Catherine Long of the Seattle Times writes that Coding Dojo, a coding bootcamp with six campuses around the U.S., will supply curriculum, instructors, and online platform for coding courses on the Bellevue College campus. Part-time courses in Ruby on Rails and JavaScript Mean Stack will start this fall. No financial aid is available as the as the courses are considered to be continuing education and are, they're not part of Equip yet. And talking about Coding Dojo, they also just announced a new ASP.NET Core program created in collaboration with Microsoft. The San Diego Times reported on the launch of the program, which coincides with the recent release of Microsoft's .NET Core 1.0, a new open source cross-platform mobile optimized stack. Cool. That open source stack sounds awesome, actually. Um, and as always, lots of new coding boot camps have launched in August. One of those is in Mount Pleasant, New York. Thad Moore covered this story in the Post and Courier about how software development firm Jack Russell Software is starting a 12-week crash course in coding, enough to lead to an entry-level job. The name of that software company just makes us think about our April Fool's joke from earlier this year when we made a canine code camp, and you could actually take a JavaScript for Jack Russell's course. So full circle, welcome to the bootcamp world, Jack Russell Software. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, so Boston-based Launch Academy has announced it is opening a new campus in Philadelphia. Launch Academy founder Dan Pickett told Metro reporter Alexis Sachdev that there is actually a shortage of developers in the Philly area, with Philly companies raising nearly $85 million in venture capital in the last year. That is a lot of capital in Philly. So here's a list of the other boot camps that we added to the course report directory in August. So we have Empower Security Academy, a cybersecurity bootcamp in Washington, D.C., a venture code school where you can learn code and yoga in Bend, Oregon, DeVry Bootcamp in Denver, Launch Code and Online Bootcamp, K2 Data Science, an online data science bootcamp, Web Dev Camp in Helsinki, Finland, Ivy Data Science in New York, Boston, and D.C., Master 21 Academy in Zurich, Switzerland, the Coding Bootcamp at UNC Charlotte, Secure Set Academy, a cybersecurity bootcamp in Denver, and then we have Data Application Lab, a data science bootcamp available in LA, Los Angeles, Silicon Valley, and online. Okay, that is what, over 10 schools and they're all over the place as usual, which is pretty amazing. So now we're coming to the end of our podcast. Hope we haven't lost everyone. It's been a pretty intense month, but let's wrap this up by reflecting on our favorite blog posts from this month. Imogen, what was your favorite? Mine was probably an instructor spotlight with Tom Crawford of the Iron Yard Detroit. He'd been a developer for almost 30 years before he became an instructor. 
which is amazing. Like I don't really talk to many super experienced instructors. Most of them only have kind of, you know, five, 10 years experience. Um, and he's an iOS instructor in Detroit. And I really liked the sound of how he teaches through getting the students to do things, then coming back and explaining the theory behind it rather than vice versa. And I also had no idea that Detroit was a blossoming tech hub. Me neither. Very cool. Go Detroit. Lauren, what about your favorite piece for the blog? My favorite piece was about Maureen, a student at Holborn School. She actually just finished high school last year and decided to leave France to learn code at Holborn School's full-stop web development two-year boot camp in San Francisco. So she basically trusted her instincts of wanting to have a hands-on practical education experience. So she's decided to take a gap year right after high school and then ditch the four-year university and go to Holborn School. That's awesome. Yeah, Maureen was a really cool piece to read. Um, and then my favorite piece, we mentioned this earlier, but I've gotten to talk to the outcomes teams at three different boot camps this month, and I highly encourage our readers to check those out. We talked to Turing, Thinkful, and Hack Reactor. We had them sit down with us to talk about their outcomes and how they got to their methodologies. And they answered all of my questions. I was not easy on them, but I think it will actually be helpful to students. And then I also loved the bootcamp prep program article that's in our resources section this month. That was really neat. Yay, that was mine. I liked writing that. That was fun. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the Course Report August News Roundup. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you learned something new, and we will see you. You'll hear us. You will hear from us <laughs> next month. Bye. Bye.